0: If you have your Bibles, if you would turn me to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 verse 44. I'm going to get there in just a minute. This weekend we're talking about the church and we're kind of in this cool weekend between... It's Palm Sunday weekend and, and so we're between heart for the house and we've just... Finish this talking about the vision that God has for the local church, and now we're getting ready for Easter, which is the two biggest weekends that we'll have all year long. Will be Easter weekend and Christmas weekend, and so uh, and so it's just an awesome time as we celebrate what Jesus has done, and also as the church comes together. And there will be more people that will come to faith in Christ uh, during this time than, than than really any other time during the year. And, uh, and so as we talk about the church, I, I want to introduce uh, a guest to you uh, that I'm going to have them come in here in just a second and just kind of greet you. Uh, we, we believe that the local church is not for us, but we believe that it's for people that are, are still a way off. We believe that, that at Life Church, our role, Great Commission, is to give and to go around the corner and around the world. And so we partner with churches all over the world. Uh, and one of the churches that we're partnering with is Liverpool One. We're actually taking a missions team there. Kevin, we'll be taking a missions team there next month. And, uh, and it's a church plant that has started in the heart of the city of Liverpool, England. And it's pastored by Luke and Emma Bryant. And they're here with us. They've been with us this week. They're going to be flying back next week, just kind of observing, learning, and growing. And I wanted them just to say a, a few words to you. So would you give a warm Life Church welcome to Pastor Luke and Emma Bryant as they come.
1: Wow, you know, I feel like I've got the bum end of the deal because I don't even know what a nine-foot-tall candy basket is, but I so want one. I mean, do you think I can fit it in my case on the way home because... I totally want one. Um, You know, it's a real honor and a privilege for just Emma and I to be able to hang out with Pastor Aaron and many of the team here. We have just had a really fantastic time. You know, I think that our connection from Liverpool in the UK with you guys here in Wisconsin for us has really been a God connection. Um, We have just been overjoyed at the um, ability to just have a little bit of insight into how you guys do church. You know, I love your pastor's heart. You kind of cut him open and what he bleeds is just a heart for reaching people. We need churches like this not only in america but in the uk too i heard somebody say once that the uk is one of the driest nations in europe and you know what i kind of believe it but i don't believe that it's unchangeable and i think that you know with some of your help and that we've got tons of help practical knowledge from your pastor here i think that we're going to be a part of making that change you know and um, we're just incredibly grateful for the opportunity to just see how you guys do church because um, You're impacting Liverpool in the UK, possibly beyond that which you even know about right now. And uh, we're a new church just 18 months in and um, it's all going good and we're so excited about the future. I know that this Thursday just gone with us being here, we weren't able to be at our city prayer night. (laughs) But my phone was just going all kind of like night long with texts and emails just saying, We've had a great night, and the whole focus has been about the American missions teams that's coming in the first week of May. So we just believe that something of huge significance is yeah. going to take place. So, okay. you know, um, totally honored to be here. Thank you. Love you a great deal. Love this guy. He's a hero of mine yeah. in the faith, you know, after such a short period of time. But fantastic to be here with you in Wisconsin. Great. It's good to have you. Emma, do you want to say anything?
2: Well, we're totally in love with America right now. It's got something to do with the food, I'm sure. It's just like we were in Amy's chocolate shop taking photographs so we could send to the children. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Look where we are. I'm working out how to take one of those apples home or three of those apples home on the plane for my children. But I just know they will never reach England. We'll go home with three sticks from Milwaukee. (laughs) Look at these three sticks. Aren't they great? Great. um, But, you know, we are just so happy to be here. I'm so excited about the team that's coming to America. I'm more excited about what God is doing around the globe on a whole. This is a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be in church and part of church. You know, church can either be a monument to what God has done, or it can be part of what God is doing right now. And this is your watch. This is your shout, same as it's our watch and it's our shout And it's really exciting times. You know, um, God is moving around this planet. And, you know, we believe wholeheartedly being part of the local church is God's perfect plan. But we have a saying back at home, and we call it the glocal church. Because we want to be a local church that's globally minded. And so you've got to know what's happening all around the the rest of the world. And so, you know, be blessed because you're part of the journey. And the guys at home, they're praying for you. And we go home and we're talking about America. And, and you know, the last time Pastor Aaron came over to see us. And, you know, something just... God just divinely puts relationships in place sometimes. Yeah, it's not a coincidence. It's a God, God-inspired incident, And so... We're really, really excited to be here, and thank you for being so hospitable to us. Amen. And
1: I want that nine-foot candy thing. Whatever that is, I want one.
0: Kevin, you got to make it happen,
1: man. No pressure.
0: No pressure. Well, It's so great to have you. Thank you for being with us this weekend and for this week. And our prayers are with you, and we love you guys, and we're proud of what God's doing in Liverpool through you. And it's awesome to be connected with you. So thanks so much. God bless you. you so Amen. Give another big hand. Thank you. God bless you. Nothing works like the local church works when the local church works the way the local church is designed to work. And what's amazing is to see what God's doing. Whether you're at a church plant in Liverpool, whether you're in a, in a church in Milwaukee, uh, whether you're in South Africa, whether you're in Brazil, it, it doesn't matter. There's nothing that works like the local church when the local church works the way the local church is designed to work. And at Life Church, as, we, as we're kind of on this edge of this great week that we have, this, this holy week, as they would call it, from Palm Sunday until, until Easter, we're in a great, great season. And I'm reminded of what the mission of this church is. You know, basically, it's really simple. We believe that we're to go upward in worship, inward in commitment, and outward in evangelism. And upward in worship, inward in commitment, and outward in evangelism. And, and that's basically all founded out of uh, Acts chapter 2. And, and to put it very simply, that Life Church is about life change. If you want just one word, it's about life change. Whether it's someone that's, that's, that's totally away from God and they find the love and the hope that comes from Jesus Christ. Or someone who, who maybe they, they, they've lost their way and they're coming back and they just need to be restored. They just need to, to, to be loved. That, that, that we love people when they least expect it. And we give them more grace than what they feel like that they deserve. Because we're all recipients of that grace. Amen? And it's just that's, that's the local church. And, 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 or, or whether we're talking about life change. You know, sometimes I see people that come into the church and you're a mature Christ follower. You may be new to this faith community, but you're not new in your faith in Jesus Christ. And there's probably not a whole lot I'm going to say to you that you don't know, but what I'm able to do is to encourage you and to spur you on to do great works and to give you an opportunity to use your God-given gifts and talents and to leverage those for the kingdom. I don't want anyone to ever sit on a church pew and just waste away going, man, I've got this gift, but I can't use it. I've got this ability, but, but I don't know that there's a redemptive purpose. If you've got an ability, if you have a gift, if you feel like you're not using that, let us know. We want to help you get connected. It's all about changing your life and changing others' lives. And, and the Bible talks about this in Acts chapter 2. It gives us a description of the church. It's really where we get uh, this life church mission to lead people upward in worship, inward in commitment, outward in evangelism. Is in Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through verse 47. And it reads like this. And all the believers were together. Can you say together? together. Let's do it one more time. Together. And they had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. I'm not going to take an offering. Don't worry about it. I just did. They, they gave to anyone as he had need. And every day they continued to meet together. Say together. together. In the temple courts, in the church. And they broke bread in their homes and they ate together. Can you say together? together. With glad and sincere hearts. So they were real. They were authentic. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It gives us this picture of what God wants. Can I just tell you? It's very simple. It's that word together. God wants a church that's united. God wants a church that's together. God wants a church that works together, that worships together, that lives together, that that gets along together. God wants a church that's together. And if God wants a church that's together, then the enemy of our soul... Satan himself wants a church that's divided, that's that's the, where there's division, where there's there's a division, there's there's two visions, there's multiple visions, that there's this vision and that vision, and when there, anytime there is division, that there's two visions in the house, that there is there there's disunity and there is um, there is uh, um, there, there there's there's a lack of togetherness. It's all about me and my and my camp and, and what I want to do and what I think and, and it's not about being together. And, and you may say, well, is there a problem at Life Church with this? No. Honestly. I, I, I think this is just a stinking great church. I think you guys are awesome. I think that we have this, as Paul would say, this spirit of unity and this bond of peace. I believe that we're a church that's together. But, but I just want to remind us of the value of what being together is all about. I, I just want to talk for a few minutes about what that means. Because the problem is, if we're not careful... We can lose that togetherness. We can allow the enemy to come in and bring division, which is more than one vision, to divide the vision of the house, and in doing so, uh, take away that togetherness, take away that unity. And when he does, well, let, let me let me tell you how that verse reads in most churches today. How that passage we just read—it's just going to be on the screen. Let, let me give it to you. And all the believers were divided; they didn't have much of anything in common hoarding their possessions and goods, and they kept as much as they could for themselves. And every now and then, if it wasn't football season, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good, and they weren't too tired, they would come to church for an hour and leave early to beat the traffic. They loved Jesus when it was convenient for them, yet they were despised by people for their hypocrisy, and very few people got saved. Now that's sad, but that's the antithesis of what, of what Acts 2.44-47 reads. But how many churches... How many Christians, how many people that confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of their life, that really is more how it reads than how the text reads. Why? It's division. What's the key of not having that happen? What's the key of, of having a church that looks like Acts 2, 46, and 47? It's being together. It's worshiping together. It's working together. It's loving together because nothing works like the local church works when the local church works the way the local church is designed to work. And that's what I want to talk about. Being together. There's some, there's there's five things I want to give you that we do at Life Church. We we've done these are values, these are things that we do, these are things that we believe. It comes out of this text It's scriptural support. And it, it all stems from being together. The first thing is that together we will do anything short of sin to reach people for Christ. Some of you may have to write that one down and think about that for just a second. You guys may have to leave that up a little longer. Together, we will do anything short of sin. We won't sin, but short of that, to reach people for Christ. Well, I just don't know how orthodox and how biblical that is. I'm so glad you asked that question. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul writes to the church in Corinth in verse 19, and he says this, For I make myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. Think about that phrase. You think he's keeping score in numbers? Oh, yeah, he is. There's nothing wrong with ambition. Just keep it sanctified. Just make sure that it's for the glory of God, not for the glory of yourself. I've become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. Paul says, I'll do anything short of sin to reach people for Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's what the local church is all about. We're here to seek and save that which is lost. We're not to be a bunch of navel gazing Christians that just say, to hell with the world. We're here to, to love people. We're here to serve a lost and dying world. We're, we're here to shed the love of Christ. We've got the hope of the world. We're, we're, Matthew's gospel says we're like a city that's set on a hill, a light that can't be hidden. We're, we're the light of the world, the, the salt of the earth. And, and, if we, and if we shut down our light or we lose our saltiness, what value are we? That we are been called to, 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 to the sick. The Bible says, Jesus said, it's not the well that need the doctor. It's not the whole or the healthy that need the doctor. It's the sick that need the doctor. It's not the well or the whole that need the church. It's the sick that need the church. It's the lost. It's the hurting. And you may go, well, what am I here for? You're all part of the team that ministers to those people. You're all part of the team that are helping hurting people. You're all part of the team that, short of sin, is doing anything they can to be able to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. That's why we do crazy things like Kids Fest." We'll do a Ferris wheel, carnival rides. People go, what does that have to do with the gospel? Absolutely nothing. What spiritual text is that? Absolutely nothing. Until you remember that it draws children. And they come in here. And they get a gospel presentation. Maybe the only one they're going to hear. And you go, oh, I I get why we bring Freddie from iCarly here to tell his testimony. Because all those kids look at him and watch him and know him. And when he says, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ... And he basically says what Paul says, follow me as I follow Jesus. There's something to that. That's the reason why. I mean, I mean, no no, 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 no shame. I mean, we, we've had a softball team in the church softball leagues, and I think some church softball leagues need to get saved. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. <laughs> so I've heard some verbiage there that, whoa, that's a little, wow. You know, that so that's Sunday morning at first assembly. And, and so, but we're, we're going beyond that to say, hey, that's fine, but we're going to go to the bar leagues. Why? Why shouldn't the church be in the Bar Leagues? Why shouldn't church be on secular radio? Why shouldn't church be on secular television? I'm telling you, there's a lot of things that are coming that we've got in the works. You just hold on to your seat, Margaret. Strap in because here we go. Because short short of sin, we're going to do anything that we can to reach people for Jesus Christ. The reason why we took the biggest bar in town and converted it into a student center. Why? Because until all men know, until all come to repentance, we're going to say it, spray it, will it, deal it any way we can six ways to Sunday because there's a heaven to gain. There's a God that loves you. There's a God that has a future and a hope. And and just the same way that you and I can, of saving knowledge of that, we want the world to know that. That's the reason why we do that. Together, the second thing is we accomplish more with less. Together, you and I can accomplish more than we we can apart. We'll accomplish more with less. Matthew chapter 25 verse 23 You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. That's why we do multi-site. Because together, we can do more to reach the city of Milwaukee than we can apart. I mean, think about it. If the best way to reach the city, we felt, was by, by indigenous simple ch- uh, single church plants, we would do that. The cost on that is about $250,000. But if we leverage technology that we're already using... And we lease spaces until we grow to a size that we can afford to buy property and then build a campus there. For $50,000, we can launch a campus. One-fifth of the size of the price it would cost us to plant a campus. So we do it this way because it's the easiest, it's the most efficient, it's the best way together. And we can all pull our resources and then we're able to go and to do that. Why? Because we can accomplish less with more. It's why we, we, we offer all types of volunteer opportunities. See, my thing is this. I think it's a sin for a pastor not to leverage the gifts of the people in the congregation for redemptive purposes. I think if you have a gifting, you have an ability to be able to do something, whether it's something that's up front for everybody to see or it's behind the scenes, I think if you have that gift and you have that ability and we're not helping you plug that in to the vision of the local church in a way that goes with the vision of the house, with the mission of the church, then I stand before God and give account for that. Because my role is to equip you to the work of ministry. But if I don't give you an outlet to do the ministry that God's called you to do, then who am I? I think in some cases I need to point you to another church because you may have a ministry that doesn't work with where we are, but I know another church that it does. But 99.9% of the time, it's totally right there. And so it's stuff like, you know, most of the data entry, a lot of of the data entry in the computering that, that goes on here, it's all done by volunteers, all the phones which is the, the first line of defense. It's the, it's the first smile that you get. It's the first people that you see. It's the people that make or break you. Those are all volunteers. Not just the weekend services, but, but during the week. Do you know that the entire facilities is cleaned by volunteers? Everything is cleaned by volunteers. This room, everything on this campus, everything here at the Germantown campus. We don't do that at the West Campus because, quite frankly, uh, they, we, it's, it's done as a part of, part of the, the, the lease agreement, but, but, but it's cleaned at the Germantown campus by volunteers. And, and, and you don't really appreciate that until you're in the bathroom stall and you're out of toilet paper. You know what I'm talking about? You're thankful for those volunteers. Oh, come on, chop me down when I'm preaching. Good. And I just want to give you just, just the names of those people that, that do facilities. Because I was here on Thursday night and I came in, there's just a, a crew of people completely volunteering their time Paul Berry, Tina Lopez, Chuck Dombrock, Mike Mayer, uh, Bruce and Terry Heiser, and jo- Josiah Pierce. Can you give those people a big hand? Yeah. Woo! Because angels don't come in and clean. Gabriel wasn't in here vacuuming the floors, right? And if you meet these guys, these aren't just like little, oh, hi, guys. I mean, these are men vacuuming. Hey, Pastor, how are you? And I think, this is great. This is awesome. Because these are people that say, hey, I've got time. Hey, I've got ability. Hey, I can make this happen. And this place, it, 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 it shines. It, it, it does that. And it allows us to be able to take resources and be able to allocate it to missions. It, it, what helps us get, get money on the mission field is what helps us, helps us with, 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 with church plants like Liverpool One with, with Luke and Emma. It's what helps us be able to, to be able to, to take the dollars and the resources that we have and compound them over and be able to multiply those over to be used because we together can accomplish more with less. It's how it works. Together, the third thing is we're able to accomplish more together than we can alone. We accomplish more together than we can alone. Acts chapter 4, verse 34 and 35 says, There were no needy persons, this is speaking of the New Testament church, among them. For from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. Now, I'm not asking for an offering, but I'm just telling you, they didn't pay tithes on that. They gave the entirety of it. And it was distributed to anyone as had need. There's strength in numbers. We're able to do more synergistically together than we can apart. Heart for the House is a prime example of that. Heart for the house, guys, is not taken care of. It's not being, those money didn't, that didn't come from some fat cat writing some million-dollar check. That came from people just like you and just like me just saying, God, what do you want me to do? Okay, I'll do it. Do you know we had high school students that gave pledges of three and $4,000 unsolicited? Do you know there were people on fixed incomes that gave well much more than what they had the ability to give? Do you know that there were people who they gave out of their need? See, that's, that's the beauty of the body. It's not about your amount. It's, it's If we just do what he wants us to do, together we can all accomplish this. Together we can take care of this. Together we, we can see the world saved. I know we say that, but that's the beauty of the body. That's how Jesus designed it to be. And so whether you have a little or you have a lot, whether it's up or whether it's over, down and out, up and over, wherever you are, the reality is is that together we can do more together to see that accomplished. And together we're going to come together. We're going to take our resources, not to build a monument, but, but, but to build a facility that will facilitate continual church growth. Do you know at the West Campus... They pledged over $300 plus thousand dollars of that $2.3 million. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. These are people that probably will never sit in the seats of that church sanctuary on a regular basis, but they get it. It's not about me, it's about seats. That's amazing. It's not, when I saw that, when Ryan told me that number, I went, wow. Because, because you know, at the West Campus, you're going, is we're going through Heart for the House, and, and we're doing this. I mean, I get why we're doing this at the Germantown Campus, but they have faith, and they get it, and they understand that, hey, man, this is not about me. This is about people coming to faith in Jesus Christ, and I will invest this, and I will do this, because together, we can do more together than we can alone. Number four, together, we're not a large church, but a small church with a huge vision. We're not a large church. We don't view ourselves as a large church. But we view ourselves as a small church with a huge vision. Let me explain this. Mark chapter 16 verse 15. This is Jesus said to them, Go into all the world. All the world. And preach the good good news to all creation. Until all men know. When you look at how big the world is. And you look at the church. You realize we're really a small church with a big vision. But Jesus said to go into all the world. That's why we do missions. Around the corner, around the world. That's the goal. And to preach the gospel to every single creature. Everybody deserves to hear the life-changing message of Jesus. Everybody. It amazes me sometimes to talk to people and to hear them and, and go, and I'll hear the statement, uh, you know, man, the church is getting so large. It's getting big, multiple services, and I just don't... And, uh, and really what they're saying is, I need more me time. They're, they're eye chair Christians. Just strap them in the high chair, the eye chair. Feed me, feed me, feed me. I just, I, I need more. And, 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 I, and I, so, I, so I said, okay, well, let me let me understand. what What's more? Well, I just need it to be deep. Well, what do you mean? Well, the other day we went to another church, and it was just deep. And, and the guy was talking, and he exegeted and, 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 and broke it down. And, and the Greek and the Aramaic and the Hebrew, and it's only written in one language. And I mean, it's three languages, but in different parts of the Bible. So they can't do all three at the same time, but he has no thought. And, and he goes through this whole deal and, and we just walked out and I just said, honey, it's just so rich. It's just so good. And, and, and it's just, and it's just, and, and, uh, and, and so, so let me understand this. You went to a church service where the guy used words that you cannot pronounce and did things that you don't understand what he did. And you were thoroughly confused. But it was good because you were confused. You had no idea what he said. But it was good because you were confused. And because you were confused it must have been spiritual. Yes. No, you're jacked up. That's the problem. Because at the end of the day you're going, hey. What, when did it ever become about me? When did church ever become about me? And when did the church get to be too big? When your family came? When your son or your daughter got saved? Is that when we close the, ark, the doors of the ark? I mean, think about it. We don't set, the, the Bible says, and God added to their number daily. He's the one that draws on men, He's the one that grows the church, He's the one that brings the increase. But we have this crazy ideology in Christianity, especially in the Western world, where it's all about me and it's all about this consumeristic mentality. And, and, and here's the funny thing to me I just need more worship. I just need the music to be more louder. That's usually not said here. Or, or quieter. <laughs> or more this or more that. Like, like we have a satellite. I always wish we could do like a Christian satellite radio station. Everybody could take the song and it would be converted to their style. Classical, jazz cool chill whatever it may be your style rock whatever that kind of a deal reggae whatever your gig is and it could be that way but people it's like this or or you know what there's just not enough ministry and and programs for my kids and programs for this and programs for that and programs for this and programs for that and or and I just want to go time out there's only one thing this side of eternity that we can do that we can't do in heaven when we get to heaven we will worship for a thousand years You want to stand and sing all your favorite songs? You're going to have a chance. (laughs) And they probably still aren't going to be the same style that you like. (laughs) We will get to sit down with the people of the Bible for eternity. I'm going to have brunch with Abraham. Eggs Benedict, right, with a little salmon on the side. And I'm going to ask questions about, now tell me about what it was like when God spoke to you. I'm going to get to talk to Isaac and Jacob. I'm going to get to talk to to Daniel. Now, tell me what it was like when the the Medes and the Persians came in after that night with Belshazzar, and you you read the wall. And and then uh, then Darius, the king of the Medes, comes in, and you have to take another stand for God. You're thrown into the lion's den, and God brings you out. Nehemiah, tell me what it was like when, when, when you went before the king, and you asked him to rebuild the wall that he totally destroyed. I mean, we're going to get a chance to do that. But the only thing we won't have the opportunity to do this side of eternity, there's only one, and that's see somebody come to faith in Jesus Christ. Everything else we'll be able to do for eternity in heaven. So brothers and sisters in Christ, I would say, just like Paul would say, let us do all things as much as we can to all men that we might be able to reach some for the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's the only thing that we have this side of eternity that's the only thing that we have to do and I believe if we could see into the heavenlies we would see the, the patriarchs of old applauding us on and going preach the gospel preach the gospel preach the gospel share the love serve the people don't become navel gazing Christians don't let the division come into the house but work together and let God add and let God grow and let God do because that's the only thing we get to do this side of eternity. And together... We are just but a small church with a large vision. And our vision is to go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel until all men know. Our goal is to say it, spray it, will it, deal it. If it takes seven weekend services that we're doing now, we're going to do it. And and to be able to do a a site in Ozaukee County, in Milwaukee County, and and be able to do multi-site, to be able to see this city reach, to go to Madison, to go to Appleton, to, to go and to reach this state, to reach this world for Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. See, Emma, when she gave her testimony, when she was just talking to for a second, what she didn't tell you is the church that they're planting, that they planted, is on a street corner where her grandfather used to preach. This is back when ministers would come with a Bible. And they would stand on the street corners and they would preach the gospel because they didn't have churches and people would come to salvation. And she would stand there as a little girl and she would hear her grandfather preach on the street corner, sowing seed, believing that one day there would be a church on that corner that would reach the people of Jesus Christ. Little did she know that she was going to be the fruition to the seed that her grandfather had planted day in and day out and day in and day out to be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Life Church, I'm just telling you, we've been in a season of walking, but we're going into a season of leaping. And God God's going to do extraordinary things, not because of us, but because of him. Because he has been working this out. He has been walking this out. He is setting you and I up for the most divine, spiritual, slam dunk that March Madness can see. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. He's going to use you. He's going to use me. Because together, together, we're but a small church with a big vision and believe that God can do it. And let me say this too. We're not going to win the world with glitz and glamour. We're not going to win the world with technology. We're not going to outspend the world. We're not going to have big enough lights, big enough big enough screens, loud enough music, smoke machines big enough. We're going to try, but we're not going to have all of it. What's going to change people is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's for people to come to life church and go, "I don't know a lot, but I know there's something that's different about that church. I don't understand everything, but that pastor has been with Jesus." Those people have been with Jesus. That there's something, and that something is what the Bible says, that the spirit that raises Christ from the dead dwells in you and in me. And that we, not this building, that we are the church. And when we assemble together, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, when we assemble together, there's power that's there. That when we reach agreement upon anything according to God's word, it will be done for us by the Father in heaven. Because together, together... We're just a small church with a large vision. And the last is that together we make a difference. Together. Together we make a difference. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask, imagine, according to his power that's within work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I'm just telling you, Life Church. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I'm telling you, God is working and moving. He is doing some, He is putting the super onto our natural. And I know some of you sense it, and I know some of you go, I don't really know what that is. And some of you are like, hey, I'm just happy to be here. But God is doing some amazing things. And He is taking us to a whole nother level to reach people. Willie George, who pastors a great church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, pastors church on the move. I was at a conference, kind of a one-day deal. Ryan, our executive pastor, and myself were there. And we were talking, and we weren't talking, but he was, Pastor George was talking. It was about, I don't know, 15, it was a dozen or so pastors that were in the room. And he made this analogy that I just thought was fantastic because it just kind of sums it all up. He said, you know, we've got a large church. There's ten, twelve thousand 12,000 people that attend the church on the move. And he said, we've tried to do all kinds of ministries to, 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 to kind of keep the saints. And we've just decided, you know what, they're going to stay, they're going to stay, they're going to leave, they're going to leave. Because sometimes Christians can be the most persnickety people on the planet and be the most me, 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 I, my, what, us, 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 us type of people. He said, because what happens is it's like this. It's like as a child. You remember Christmas? It starts right after Thanksgiving break. All the, the turkeys and the, and the cornucopias and everything goes down off the walls. And so it's all filled with, with Christmas trees and with presents and with Santa Clauses. And there's Christmas programs and pageants at church and there's all kinds of stuff and Away in a Manger and Silent Night and all this. And, and there's all of this stuff and then at the mall there's, 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 there's music and there's decorations and there's everything and there's Santa and there's this whole deal. And then you see the Christmas tree grow up, go up in your house and, and then there's presents that are under the tree and there's this excitement and you just can't wait to open that gift. And there's this incredible excitement that you have as a kid. And then as you get older, you kind of, well, you kind of understand a little bit more. We'll say it like that. And you kind of get the whole thing. And if you're not careful, what happens is you mature and you just kind of, it turns into more of a, here's what I want. I only got six of the ten items. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. I really, really love me. Johnny got all ten of his, but great. And then you grow up and you have kids of your own. And it starts all over again. And you get to see it through their eyes. And isn't it so much cooler to see it through their eyes than through yours? Like, I mean, it's just like the whole phrase, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It it just comes alive because you see it. You get to relive it. And then as a grandparent, you relive it again. And that's exactly the way salvation is. Is that we're like kids at Christmas when we open that gift of eternal life. And it's exciting. It's like a kid with a new bike wants to get out and ride it. It doesn't matter if it's December 25th and there's ice on the road. He's just going to do his best. She's going to do her best. Isn't that what new converts are like in a church? I love being around new Christians. Man, they don't know what you can say and can't say. They say the wrong things at the wrong time. And, and they're trying They have to go back to the table of contents to figure out where Isaiah is. And, and, they don't, and they're just trying to get it. And they get all these questions and all these questions and all these questions and all these questions. And if we're not careful, what happens is we begin to mature. And as we mature, we lose the joy of that gift. And the only way to regain that is to see it happen to the eyes of somebody else. To be a spiritual father or brother or sister or mother to someone else. And to see someone else who's far away from Jesus come and accept that eternal life and that gift of salvation. And open that gift again. And to see that light come in their eyes. To see the joy. To see the peace. To see all the things. You get to live it again. And then you get to do it again. And you get to do it again. And that's what it's all about. That's what we're called to do as a local church. To seek and save that which is lost. Because nothing works like the local church works when the local church works the way the local church is designed to work. Whether it's in Germantown or it's in Liverpool. Whether it's in Pewaukee or whether it's in Boston. Nothing works like the local church works when the local church works the way the local church is designed to work. And so I just want to remind us. We serve a great big God. And he's called us to do great big things. And he's, he's working in our midst. And I want you to grab your communication card if you would. Just real quick. And on the back side of the communication card, everybody, just right there. And it says this. There's a little blue box and says, I will invite a friend to Easter service next weekend. Here's what I want to ask you to do. I'm going to triple dog dare you to check that box. And I want you to take the card that you have on your seat and, or, or that you were given as you came in. And I want you to take it and I want you to invite somebody. That's what you're saying by doing this. I'm going to invite someone. Maybe it's a neighbor. Well, you know, it's been snowy all winter. No, it hadn't. But that's the excuse that we use, right? Well, the snow's gone. The green grass is coming. It looks like, like our yards are like Brady Bunch, right? And there's astroturf turf that's been laid. And so go across the, the, the cul-de-sac and invite somebody. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a family member. Man, pastor, you don't know how many times I've invited them one more time. Invite them one more time. Wear them down. Man, these political phone calls we get on the telephone, they try to wear us down. Don't they just keep calling. Just keep asking. Just finally, they go, fine, I'll go. Just, just get me off your back. Okay, great. And some people go, well, but, but we've got Easter plans. What about that? Well, there's 60 people that are going to show up for your Easter plans because you've got such a big family. What's two more people to eat some ham and some rolls? What's the big deal with that? Have them come with you. Stingy people. Come on, right? And just invite somebody else to come with you. Well, but it's, it's listen, folks. We have an opportunity. I'm telling you, the time is short. I've heard that all my life. But the time is short and only what's done for Christ will last. Walk across the street. Walk across the cubicle. Walk across the parking lot. Go to somebody and just say, I just want to invite you to come. Be my guest. Because next weekend, as we come together, it's all going to be about creatively presenting the ultimate truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I heard people say after, after Christmas service, man, I wish I'd known it was going to be that cool with the iPad band and the whole deal and I have invited more people. Well, duh, you should have invited them anyhow. But I'm just telling you now, it's going to be great off the chain. And you're going to want to invite people, so invite them because that's what it's going to be like. You're going to walk out there going, I should have invited somebody. Yes, that's why I'm saying it this weekend. Invite someone. Because people are more likely to come next weekend than they are any other time. Any other time. Father, I just thank you today that we are your church. We're your bride. That you love us even when we don't deserve it. That you're faithful to us even when we've not been the most faithful. And God, I love what you're doing in our midst. And I just pray, God, keep it. I pray, God, let us never allow division to come into the house, but let us work together. God, let us never become a big church with a small vision, but let us be a little church with a big vision to reach the world. God, let us leverage our our abilities that we have for redemptive purposes. God, let us be used of you to see this world come to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because your word, word says, when all men hear, then the end shall come. So we know They've not all heard. There's people to be reached around the corner and around the world. As we've checked this box... God, as I'm going to receive that list, and I and the staff on Monday at our all-staff meeting, we're going to pray for every single person that checks that box. We're going to pray that you're going to bless and give favor with every person. We're going to call every person's name out loud and stand in agreement because that's what your word says, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. We're going to stand on your word, and we're going to ask you to deliver according to your word because that's what you said that you would do. And God, that this house will be full next weekend with people that are far away from you, people that are on the edge, people that are hurting, people that are, oh God, I pray give us compassion, give us patience for people, give us love. God, slow down our schedules to hear the cries of the lost and to understand that that's our job, it's our mission, it's our mantra to be able to help hurting people. Give us the opportunity to do that next weekend. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.